Hello and welcome to Experience Share. It's a Pokemon podcast starring me, Don Fanner, Smooth, aka Tanner Greenring, and my co-host, Ho Osh. <laughs> Josh Felsted is your actual name. Do you remember what the actual name of that Pokemon is? Ho Ho? No. Ho oh. Ho oh. Ho oh. Feel like I had to make a supercut of how many different names you called Ho oh over the course of the season. Because there's been at least Ho ho, Ho jo. I think you had Jojo maybe at one point. <laughs> now I'll remember it because now it's one of your nicknames that will hang in the rafters. Ho oh. Ho oh. Ho oh. Ho oh. It's a Pokemon podcast. Last season, we played through the first-gen games, Red and Blue. This season, we're playing through the second-gen games, Silver and Gold, in the Johto region. Beautiful Johto. No major catastrophes this week. We didn't lose any Game Boys. We didn't lose any games. The curse is lifted this week. It would have been as though God were spitting in our faces. If he made us lose our games at this point, because this section of Pokemon that we played this week, Josh, yeah, was just like a little tiny, little tiny kiss of Pokemon this week. Yeah, they uh, mess with the timeline a little bit in this game, where they kind of mix it up in the last episode in a giant fetch quest, where you have to go all the way from Ecrotique to Cyanwood. Oh, yeah. I mean, you go Ecrotique to Olivine to Cyanwood, back up to Olivine. Yeah. Which is this week's leg. Last week, we did that the other way. We went Olivine to Cyanwood. Right. And guess what? When you go the other way, nothing changes. No. Because we still don't have Whirlpool, so we can't check out the Whirl Islands. Right. Thank God Chuck's wife, bless her heart. Gave us fly so we can at least fly across back to Olivine. You think that's Chuck's wife? Yeah, she she says she Chuck's wife. She's upset that he battles all the time and never hangs out with her. Oh, that's like my wife in podcasting. (laughs) Okay, Josh, uh, I'm looking at the sheet. I notice you still haven't filled in your sweetie. That's fine. No obligation to. Maybe you didn't have a sweetie this week. Maybe I have a couple of twists and turns. We played pokemon gold and silver this week we started in cyanwood and we had just beaten chuck and now we have to make the long and arduous journey back to olivine city i'll tell you what i did josh did you fly no i surfed and i ground out some fucking levels okay that's what you're want to do Because I knew that this was going to be a pretty brief leg, so I thought, you know what I'm going to do? Grind out some levels now while I've got the the man hours to do it. Yeah. Because I'm going to be back in Olivine in a matter of moments. And Josh, may I do a segment? You may. It's called Level Check. It's the Level Check. Kick it off. I mostly just wanted to get all my Pokemon up to level 30. I felt embarrassed that they weren't already there. So I just did some grinding. Christina, my night arena, Christina, my night arena is. <laughs> I love her theme. Level 30. Gorgo, my Meganium is level 35. I think unchanged from last week. Barbarossa is my Pidgeotto is level 33. I think that's probably also unchanged. 
Harold, my lantern, is 35. And I will say, wow, Harold, I think, did go up a level because, or two, because Harold was a move maker. Harold was my go-to Pokemon at Olivine Gym. Poundmaker, my Growlithe, level 30. And Robert the Bruce, my far-fetched level 30. I like that you have the Farfetch. I'm digging Farfetched. But you originally didn't even like Farfetched. You were like, oh, I'm not interested. It's not a sweetie. And you were so surprised that it was. How's it going with that Farfetched? I like Farfetched. He has a move called Sword Dance. Oh, yeah. I love that move. You come into a battle and you do Sword Dance once, and it raises your attack significantly. That's right. And then you do any other move, even the lowliest of pecs, <laughs> will usually like do just boatloads of damage. Well, let me tell you something. My Scyther also gets Swords Dance, and then he gets Slash. So you're going to have a little something to deal with. Sorry, is that a bug type? Yeah, bug. Hmm, I wonder how your bug type will do against my flying type. By the time your flying type deals with my bug type, he will also be a steel type, and then you're going to be running into a problem. I'm loving all the unusual dual types in this game. Yeah. Stuff like electric water and steel, which is a whole new thing I've never heard of. Well, it's new. Are there any other new types in this game? Dark. Christina has a couple dark moves. Yeah, bite is dark now. Crunch is a new move that's dark. Dark is good. Faint attack. It does some damage against some people. Yeah, dark is fun. Is there a cool bone dog who's dark? Yeah, Houndor and Houndoom. That's cool. I want a Houndor and Houndoom. Which are sweeties, by the way. Are they in this gen? Yeah. Fuck yeah. I can't wait to get one. What, are you just going to have a bunch of dogs? That'd be cool. You know, have Growlithe. Growlithe is more like a tiger. It's like Duck Hunt. You have Farfetch'd. Okay, that was my level check. That's where I ended up after Olivine Gym. A lot of that was just grinding. There's a really nice grind spot right off the coast of Cyanwood City where you're only like four steps from the Pokemon Center. So you can go and surf up and down the coast. And just take out tentacles, who are all like level 22. Man, that is some real grinding. I did not level very much at all because I got fed up with the grinding options. I was running around in the area outside Moomoo Farm because you have the chance of getting a Tauros that are far-fetched and they have like 400 something experience. But everything else is a fucking radicate. The nice part about the the coast right off Sinewood is the Pokemon Center is right there. So even if a Tentacruel poisons you, it's just like, well, I'm just going to pop in and get cured. Yeah, but what are Tentacruels, or Tentacools, what are they getting you? The Tentacools aren't worth a ton. They're worth like 300. The Tentacruels can be up to like 650 sometimes. It's not that bad. Yeah. Nice little grinding spot. While I was in my grinding spot, which was the area to the east of the Moomoo Farm, yeah. I did cure that mill tank, by the way. I prefer not to spend any time <laughs> by the, the mill tank farm if I can help it. It was not worth it because all that I got was some fucking ability to just buy some gross milk, which I don't want because we know where it comes from. Yeah. I've seen some literature online about where oh. that milk comes from. And let me tell you, it comes from an unexpected genital on an unexpected person. None of it is what I was in the mood for. Not not right now. And then you get TM13, which is Snore, from like the old man who's like the, the head of the farm. And all that that does is damage if the user is sleeping. 
And as you know, I'm the one who's inflicting sleeping on everyone else. So I don't I don't need this. I had to feed it like eight berries. Hated it. I can't. I couldn't possibly care. I didn't get this and I don't want it. And I'm not <laughs> interested. And I need my berries. I feed my Pokemon berries. Yeah, I, I wouldn't recommend doing it. I'll tell you what I did do, though. I did some artful Kurt ball making this week. Now that I have access to fly, I also went and found that fucking charcoal you wouldn't shut up about (laughs) and gave it to my Growlithe pound maker. Like I said, maybe you would have a fire Pokemon eventually and that would be nice. I also got something called Sharpbeak or something like that and gave that to Pidgeotto. Where'd you get Sharpbeak? I don't remember. I need that. I don't remember. Well, uh, so now Meganium has like something that empowers grass type. Barbarossa has something that empowers flying type. Poundmaker has something that empowers fire type. So I'm in good shape. I just need to find something that empowers either electric or water. And I don't even know what Night Arena is, to be honest. Poison? Ground? Poison ground. Ugh. Nightmare. Soft sand empowers ground moves. I don't use a lot of her ground moves. Poison... I don't think there's anything for that because who gives a shit? Who gives a shit? Anyway, let's hear about your mon, man. All right. There's one big movement. We'll save that for last. So Ryan Atwood, Scyther, 31, no movement. Taylor Pidgeotto, 29, one level. Julie Cooper, Weepin' Bell, 33, significant movement there. That's my number one in terms of levels. Dr. Roberts, Graveler, level 30. Marissa, Hunter, Level 28. No movement. Nothing there. I don't have time for any of this shit. And I can't wait to hear what happened to your main Pokemon. Feraligator. What's his name again? Luke Ward. Luke Ward. God, I can't wait to hear what happened to Luke Ward this week. Your Feraligator. I think I've laid the seeds throughout the season. I don't care for the Totodile and Feraligator line. And it was inevitable that Luke Ward would meet his demise. What do you mean? Josh, I'm the meme where the guy is waking up in a hospital bed and like he went into a coma at like episode like 13 and he's like, oh, I can't wait to see how Joshua's croconaw is doing. (laughs) You didn't even remember that it was a fur alligator now. (laughs) I couldn't know. What did you do to him? He's going to retire, retire to the farm. I'll send him over Professor Oak's way. Let him hang out on the coast by Pallet Town. He loves the coast, as we know. Welcome to Newport, bitch. Welcome to the OC, bitch. This is how it's done in Orange County. That was a little too problematic for my tastes, and I couldn't really have that on my team. Yeah, it brings a lot of negative energy. He's used his gendered insults since, like, guy, it's 2020. So I went on a little adventure. You recall several episodes ago, We said Union Cave was useless, and it should be flattened to the ground, blow it up. Yes. I went back there because I wanted to see what it was all about, because I recalled that there was some water in there. I had a Pokemon that had Surf, Luke Ward. He surfed me to the deepest depths of Union Cave. Last Friday night. Sorry? There's water in Union Cave? Yeah. News to me. Went all the way down to the third level of Union Cave, and I encountered a lot of fucking people that I did not like. There are a lot of trainers that actually are in Union Cave, and they're all Pokemaniacs, and they're all cool trainers, and they all think that they're better than you. 
Oh, I don't remember being in there. No, because it appears that you haven't... Cool trainer. Cool trainer, though. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm cool trainer. I'm cool. I see. I see. I haven't plumbed the depths. Should I go back? Is there something in there worth getting? I found that there was. Okay. And what he found on the third level, the deepest depths of Union Cave, was a Lapras surfing around. Whoa! What? And the Lapras's name was Summer Roberts. How do you catch a Lapras? The Lapras only shows up on Fridays at the bottom of Union Cave. Wow. Who knows why? Maybe like me, she loves a TGIF, man. Mm, yeah, I know that about you. Only then will she come out and leave the house. Yeah. <laughs> Lapras. That's interesting. And is Lapras a cutie? A sweetie? Yeah. Okay. Well, guess where I'm going to be next Friday. And... <laughs> That reminds me, Lapras is Joshy Sweetie this week as well, to answer your earlier question. Okay, sure. So your Sweetie is not even coming in part two of this episode. No, because you look at Lapras, you look at the sprite, it's got a saucy little grin. Like maybe it could do something a little mischievous, a little sexy, but it's going to be fun. You're going to like it. Yeah. And that was also why Lapras is Summer as well. Because Summer Roberts in the OC is someone who's always a little saucy. If you and I were stranded on a deserted island, I would take the nourishment that your meager frame has to offer and then I would feed your bones to the sharks. Rachel Bilson? Yeah, Rachel Bilson. Okay. Over the course of the series, you grow to love her. You love the sass. She you love that she can go toe-to-toe with Seth Cohen's self-deprecating okay. nature. Too much OC. <laughs> and mainly because we learned in the Holiday Hijinks episode of the anime. Oh, yeah. She's got a very sexy voice. Very sexy voice. Ew! And secretly super smart. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like the Lapras in Holiday Hijinks. And so Lapras is Summer Roberts, and she's the newest member of the team, and she's level 29. Well, congratulations. I can't wait to catch my own Lapras. What's that type? Water and ice. That's cool. That's a good That's a good look. It's fun. I've been having a lot of fun with her. We should talk about Olivine City Gym, which is literally the one thing we had to do this week. Well, first we brought the secret potion to the top of the lighthouse. Yes. You fight your way to the top of this tower in Olivine. It it acts as as the gym essentially for this leg of the journey because like it's where all like Jasmine's trainer henchmen are. Flunkies, yeah. Although they, none of them have steel type Pokemon, they all just have like random ass Pokemon. Mostly water type, actually. Well, a lot of them were sailors. It's Fleet Week because SS Aqua's there and it's docked. Oh, so they're all trying to like go to dock holidays on Twelfth Street and get fucked. Trying to go to go to town, yeah. Yeah. I caught a glimpse of Polytoad. One of these dudes had it. Oh yeah. Ooh. Doggy, Joshua. I know Tanner Sweeties is not a thing, but Polytoad. Oh yeah. Yikes, such a cutie. Is this your first time experiencing Polytoad? Yeah. Who's part of your beloved Polywag line? Yeah. I love it. You know Polly Toad is a sweetie. Yeah. Obviously. Look at that fucking thing. I'm going to definitely have one. If you looked up sweetie in the dictionary, 
Politoed would be the image next to it. I love this thing. So anyway, we get to the top of the lighthouse. We give Jasmine the secret potion, which she gives to Ampharos. Amphi. Amphi is the name of her, Ampharos. And it lights back up, and she says, goodbye, and jumps down a hole. You follow her down the hole. You go to her gym. There's no trainers. It's just you and Jasmine. Yeah. And she has four Pokemon, and three of them are Magnemites. Isn't it only two? I don't remember. She has three Pokemon. Two of them are Magnemites. I don't remember, and I don't care. It was a lot of Magnemites, and then she has one new type of Pokemon, and it was actually my... You make me barf Pokemon of the week, Steelix. Oh, yeah. When I saw it, I knew it. I mean, this was a short leg. I only encountered a handful of Pokemon, but you know how Onyx is ugly? Of course. You know how Onyx is a dumb, ugly Pokemon? It's hideous. Imagine if it was uglier. It looks like a bunch of like whiskey rocks piled on top of each other. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool. What do you have, like, some kind of, like, $40, like, silicone, like, whiskey rock? No, because I know that whiskey rocks are a scam, and that's the other reason why I'm using them as an example, because Onyx is a scam. You got it off, like, cool hunting or whatever. You're like, ooh, perfect. Yeah, like, This is going to be great for my economist nights. (laughs) Everybody knows that whiskey discs are where it's at. (laughs) You're so obnoxious. I'm making fun of you for being obnoxious about whiskey, and you come up with something even more obnoxious. Bravo. This thing sucks, this Steelix, and I hate it. And, like, what a what a way to introduce a whole new type of Pokemon, Steel-type Pokemon, by giving me a glimpse at this fucking, like, yeah. fuck-ugly thing, Steelix. It's like an Onyx, and it's made out of metal, and it's got, like, a severe underbite. Yeah. It looks like it's wearing, like, headgear all over its face that also has, like, rust and, like, things growing off of it. Yeah. Steelix sucks, and I hate it. It's got, like, sunken eyes. Ugh, I'm looking at pictures of it again. I even looked at its, like, Omega Evolution or whatever. It sucks. It doesn't even deserve Omega Evolution. I hated Steelix, and that... I didn't like it either. Is it? How'd you do against... Jasmine. I unleashed Summer on her. Hey, Skank. And it was a clean sweep. I put the Magnemites to sleep. Surf, surf. Steelix, one surf. That's it. I think Lantern and Growlithe carried this gym for me. And that's it. That's the entire... That's the episode. ...leg of the journey that we went on this week. And I guess that's the entire episode. Smell you later. Unless, Josh. Oh, Unless, Josh, (laughs) you and I got up to some sneaky business this week, knowing it would Uh be a very short episode, which we will discuss after this break. Josh, we knew that it was going to be a very brief interlude this week. We did, Tanner. Vis-a-vis playing Pokemon. Yeah, so we figured... Maybe there was something else we needed to do with our time because we weren't doing enough with doing a one to two podcasts, having a full-time job. We were like, uh, one like 20 minute episode isn't going to be, isn't going to cut it. So maybe what we should do is watch a little more Pokemon anime. Make more work for us. Yeah. Do another clip show, which are the hardest ones to edit. 
this is perfect. Yeah. And look at what we've done for ourselves now. We tried to find some bits and pieces of media that happened around the end of Gen 1 and the beginning of Gen 2, Josh. And we thought maybe there's some interesting episodes of the anime we could watch and thought, no. It wasn't meaty enough. It wasn't meaty enough. And so we thought, well, what if we played the entirety of the Pokemon trading card game on the Game Boy Color? Too meaty. And then we thought, that's too meaty. That's like 20 hours of work. So we settled in to watch a film. Pokemon, the first movie, Mewtwo Strikes Back. Yeah, and what is it called? Is it called Pokemon the first movie, or is it called Pokemon Mewtwo Strikes Back, or is it called Pokemon the first movie, Mewtwo Strikes Back? It's very confusing. It's called Pokemon colon the first movie colon Mewtwo Strikes Back. I don't think you can do two colons. No, I don't think you can either. But I, I did notice in the title cards, it does go Pokemon the first movie, and then a separate title card, Mewtwo Strikes Back. And it looks like the Mars Attacks sort of like. It looks super fucking hokey. Well, Josh. They threw this thing together. <laughs> the movie was pretty hokey. <laughs> yeah. It was a brief 75 minutes. Yeah. Blinking, you miss Thank it. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> it honestly surprised me when the movie was like wrapping up. I was like, surely we're not in the third act. Nothing has happened. Sets itself up for like 30 or 40 minutes, and then everything just comes crashing down. It's an episode of the anime that they've stretched into 75 minutes. Yeah. And this was a major motion picture release. The biggest Pokemon movie release of all time. I saw it, I think, five times in theaters because... <laughs> you loved it. No, I even as a kid, I didn't like it, but they had five unique cards that they were giving out. Trading card game cards? Yeah. Limited edition. Have you played the trading card game? I collected the cards, but I didn't really play the game because I thought it sort of sucked. And be interested in playing the game. I can't get back into the cards. I am waiting for Miles to get old enough <laughs> to just ask, Papa, Papa, <laughs> what is a Pokemon card? And I'll be like, let's go to the store. <laughs> get in the car. We're going to the store. One of my greatest regrets, maybe my, perhaps my greatest regret, is that I sold all of my Pokemon cards when I was in high school. Yeah, that sucks. And I had first editions of all four of the first sets. Yeah, that's your dumb idiot. Like base, jungle, fossil, gym. All of them. What a mistake you made. And it would have been fun just to have them, just to look at them and hand them down to Miles. I also remember that when this movie came out, which was in... 99? 2000? Yeah, 99. In the US. I was 15. I was uh, 11. I was in high school. My friends and I would leave Rocky Mountain High School every day and go to a nearby like strip mall where there was a Burger King. There was a Quiznos, there was a Burger King, and there was a Gibbs Bagel. And you ate lunch at one of those three places every single day. Okay. Unless you ate lunch at school, but if you ate lunch at school, you were a fucking, like, dork nerd loser. Oh, yeah, you gotta go off campus for lunch. <laughs> go off campus. Yeah, get a get a life. And we would go mostly to Burger King every single day, and I do distinctly remember Burger King giving out these Pokeballs with gold 
inserts in them. Do you remember this? It was a Pokeball that had like gold cards, basically. I had the Mewtwo one. I should have kept that also. My child self would be both impressed with what I'm doing currently and appalled because I don't have any of this paraphernalia that I used to have. Poke-phernalia. I still do actually have and keep on top of my TV in my living room a toy I bought off eBay, which was the toy that came in Burger King Kids Meals at the time of Polyrath. Yeah, I've seen that. Very tasteful. It's very tasteful, yeah. Let's talk about this movie that we watched, because we did watch Pokemon, the first movie. Mewtwo Strikes Back. Mewtwo did strike back in this movie. But what's weird is that in the version that is at least now available on streaming for purchase, they cut Mewtwo's origin, which explains why he's striking back. When you rent it, it opens with like a dream sequence of a Mew swimming in like bubbly water and some like voiceover shit about like life. Yeah, it tries making this like very elaborate like life the great mystery. And it's like the Mew in, in her bubble. Life, the great miracle and the great mystery. Since the beginning, humans and Pokemon alike have searched for its meaning. Many strange and wondrous legends evolved from the pursuit of life's mysteries. But none is stranger than this tale of the most powerful Pokemon of all. And then... Mewtwo opens his eyes and he's surrounded by lab techs and he's told that he's been cloned and that he is the ultimate weapon and he breaks out of his cell and kills everyone and like fuck shit up. But that's not the original intro. Right. Is it, Josh? No, it is not. The original intro is that Mewtwo is a baby. He's like a boy Mewtwo. A little sweetie baby Mewtwo. Did you watch it on YouTube? Yeah, I mean, I've seen it many times, but I also rewatched it. And he finds himself in a black void, and he's surrounded by baby, like... Squirtle. Squirtle. Charmander. Bulbasaur. Bulbasaur. And they all have weird markings. And there's also a little girl there. And the little girl and Mewtwo talk about, like, who they are and, like, what their purpose is. And she reveals that she's a clone, and so is he, and that's why... He is called Mewtwo, and that's why she is called Amber Two. Yeah. And then she dies, and so does Squirtle, and so does Bulbasaur, and so does Charmander. They're flawed clones created by Dr. Fuji, who is interested in cloning Pokemon so he can learn how to clone his dead daughter, Amber. Because she was sick originally it was the reason that he was trying to clone her. The clone dies, and then Mewtwo has, like, survivor's guilt. That is what they cut, and I, in a lot of ways, totally understand why they cut that, right? Dark. Pretty dark, and it's child death, and when you're a child and you're confronting child death, that's pretty heavy, you know? Yeah. Sorry, there's some kind of, like, a mixer happening. What do you got, like, a, what, a coven? Like, what is always happening at this place? Um, I don't know. I don't know. I think it might be another... Psycho 
sexual <laughs> cinema night <laughs> or something. Cut it. Instead, we just get this intro where Mewtwo wakes up, kills Dr. Fuji instantly. Yeah, and it makes him just look like this mad Pokemon, Madmon. He is mad! That's a, the whole movie is he's presented as a, a crazed maniac. Yeah, but they don't explain why he's lashing out. He had a reason that he had to slaughter everyone. Giovanni comes down from his helicopter and says, join me and together we will rule the world. And he gives him some like cool ass armor. My favorite Mewtwo. They start adventuring together, start blowing shit up. And then Giovanni says, be my partner. And then he realizes that he's not, he's being used by Giovanni. And he says, hey, this doesn't seem like much of a fucking partnership to me. And Giovanni says, you were created by humans to obey humans. You could never be our equal. So Mewtwo throws off his armor and flies back to New Island. Blasts it all off. Fucking destroys that lab, too. I was not born a Pokemon. I was created. And my creators have used and betrayed me. So, I stand alone. He has this existential crisis. He narrates that uh, it's about to be the reign of Mewtwo. Who am I? What is my true reason for being? Goes off the rails immediately. Yeah. Cut to Ash, Misty, Brock are eating lunch. Team Rocket is watching them because apparently Team Rocket... I don't know much about Team Rocket. I've never watched the anime. This is the first film I've seen. Here's what I know about Team Rocket. Always hungry. Yeah. Their main character motivation is like, how do we get food? Then their other motivation is making the worst possible puns. I love their puns. They're like, We didn't come here to steal a meal. I'd settle for a taste of that Pikachu. Yeah, yeah, I liked it when he said Pikachu. Yeah. Yeah, they're all hanging out in like this peaceful hillside inexplicably. And uh, a pirate. Oh, <laughs> I... Shows this up. is a storytelling device that I fucking loved, which is like... A, a good, like, I would say 10 minutes of movie has already happened. And you've seen no titles. You've seen no intros. You've seen nothing. Yeah. It, like, hard cuts to, like, Mew and Mewtwo. Transitions into this scene with our with our familiar trainers. And then this, like, pirate bud, like, shows up. And he's like, are you Ash Ketchum? And Ash is like, yeah. And he's like, let's battle. And this is extended battle sequence where they do this like rad song. Oh. And it's like the film intro. It's like this banging Pokemon theme remix. I did not remember how good it is. It's so good. The whole soundtrack for this fucking movie is so fucking good. Oh. 
This soundtrack is full of bangers. Christina Aguilera, Britney Spears, NSYNC, Bewitched, Emma Bunton, 98 Degrees, Vitamin C, Billy Piper, Aaron Carter. Yeah. There's one pretty hard miss towards the end of the film, a track called Brother My Brother. Yeah. Which, did you see who who wrote that? No. <laughs> Blessed Union of Souls. <laughs> Wait, are you serious? Brother, my brother, blessed union of souls. Wow. When the Christina Aguilera track came on, Bobby was like wandering around, like obviously not trying to watch the film. He was like, is that Christina Aguilera? And I was like, no, no. It's like, obviously, <laughs> Surely not. it's just some lady and she's got a good voice. We don't know who she is. And then I looked it up and it's fucking Christina Aguilera. There's also a group called M2M, which does a couple songs on this soundtrack. And they're... Like a Norwegian group. Like a little M to M myself. Oh, that's good. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. Great song, M to M song. Apparently, they're, they're a Norwegian pop group. They're still kicking it. They're still around. They're still having fun. I'm going to check out M to M probably on Spotify when I get home. Should. Anyway, love this intro. Love this like title sequence. It was classy. It makes it seem like it's going to be a very robust film with lots of uh exposition and it's not you're already you're already like 30 percent of the way through (laughs) yeah we see a fero in the air it's got like a camera on its neck and then a mysterious figure in a base somewhere dispatches a dragonite invites the group to a pokemon battle they make their way to old wharf city yeah or they're gonna take a ferry but then we cut back to this mysterious base and we see a hand rise up from a chair and whose hand is it? Whose disgusting, like... Nubby little fingers. Ball hand is it? But Mewtwo's. And he whips up a storm with his psychic powers. And the ferry is closed. And also, while we're at this old shore wharf, we learn that Nurse Joy from the Pokemon Center has gone missing some weeks ago. <laughs> it does a quick quick snap to the, what looks like the Amazon rainforest. And like Mew just like arises in a bubble. From, like, the river. Well, she's in Guiana, I assume. Well, yeah, it it confirms the Guiana thing. And then it snaps back to the wharf. Officer Jenny's there. She's like, none of you can go out now because the storm is too bad. And then there's this woman (laughs) whose name is apparently Miranda, who I've never heard of. She sounds like Egyptian, like, prophet. She sounds like a, a crazy person. Officer Jenny's like, it's raining pretty hard. It's the worst storm ever. No one can go. And Miranda's like... No, the prophets. <laughs> yeah. The prophets warned of a legendary storm that wipes... It's the wind of water. What? What? What are you talking about? The prophets have predicted the return of the winds of water. For years I have prayed that mankind would never witness that deadly storm ever again. And then, understandably, everyone's like, hey, fuck this. It's just fucking a storm. And goes out in the storm with their Pokemon and tries to make it to New Island to this yeah. mysterious invitational. This frat bro looking trainer, it's like... I love this frat bro. <laughs> <laughs> so Misty and, and Brock and, and Ash are like, well, we can't get out there because our Pokemon are too weak. And then these like Vikings show up. Yeah. And they're like, that looks fine. Obviously, some Vikings would be hanging out. Misty's like, do Vikings even exist anymore? And Ash says... Yeah, and they all live in Minnesota, and it's like, what? I didn't know Vikings still existed. They mostly live in Minnesota. Something's not... Is this like an NFL joke? There's very little dialogue in this movie in general. Yeah. I guess because they dubbed it into, like, 
infinity languages. Right. But that one joke is, like, so specific to not just America, but, like, a region of America. What? So one of the dub writers is from the Midwest? Yeah, exactly. You ask most Americans to point at a map and point out Minnesota, and most of them would get it wrong. Americans. Oh, definitely. Yeah. They make their way towards New Island with these Team Rocket disguised as Vikings. No indication at all about why Team Rocket is doing this. You want to cross, maybe? We take you young. We Vikings are used to big wave. We get you to New Island faster than you can say perfect nougat. They always just want Pikachu. Oh, I didn't know that. That's their game? Yeah, they want Pikachu. They think Pikachu is really good. They should just clone him. I think in this, they were like, well... If they're getting in, the twerps are getting invited to this super secret exclusive tournament. Everybody's going to have some bomb ass Pokemon and we got to steal those. So we have to follow them to get there. Well, their boat gets capsized. Misty and Brock and Ash are saved by Squirtle and Staryu. Did you register this horrible Staryu sound? No. When it comes out? No. That it's like, ha! <laughs> it's like, ha! I like that. You like the star you sound. At some point, Pidgey Odo comes out of his ball and like flies Ash around for a moment. And he it does its signature Pidgey Odo scream. It's like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> there was lots of I screaming. Just... Finally, it was it was warranted there. So they make their they they finally get to New Island. Somehow Team Rocket gets there too. And like for some reason Mew is with them now. Yeah, Mew is now suddenly wherever New Island is, which is presumably somewhere up the coast of Japan, made it over from Guiana in just, you know, just like that. But also seems to have, like, a vested interest in Team Rocket, like, is specifically following Team Rocket around. Yeah. And, like, fucking with them. Won't make itself known, but, like, is following them around. A handful of other trainers make it. There's a trainer called Nisha. There's a trainer called Corey. And then, Josh? Yeah. Can't believe you have those, wrote those names down, by the way. And then there's Fergus. Fergus. Trainer Fergus. Let me tell you about Trainer Fergus. Please do. He's a little bit belligerent. <laughs> he's a little bit fun. And he's a little bit all water Pokemon all the way down. <laughs> and Josh... Toho Animation and 4Kids Productions will be hearing from Mr. Squirt's attorneys <laughs> because this Pokemon trainer, Fergus, is very obviously modeled after Mr. Squirt. Oh, shit. I did notice that. This is Mr. Squirt. A couple of Pokemon are the same, too. Most of the Pokemon are the same. Yeah. There was a Gyarados. There was a Tentacruel. There was a Night Arena, even. Oh, yeah. Oh, I love that, that this guy, Fergus, has a, no, a Nido Queen, which is hilarious because that is showing its canon that Nido Queen knows how to surf. That's their thing. Right. Like, oh, it's a bunch of water Pokemon and then also Nido Queen. Sure. Let's see. Here we go. I got the full lineup here. Tentacruel, Vaporeon, Golduck, Nido Queen, Seedra, and Gyarados. So Mr. Squirt didn't have a Seedra. Mr. Squirt didn't have... A Nido Queen, obviously, and Mr. Squirt didn't have a Gold Duck. But otherwise, same, same, same lineup. And Fergus has a little bit of an attitude as well. He's got an attitude. He's got a mullet, which is something I always pictured Mr. Squirt having. Definitely. You know? 
this guy's going to be hearing from Mr. Squirt's attorneys. They modeled it on like a younger version of Mr. Squirt. We can't spend 75 minutes recapping this 75-minute movie, so let's jump ahead a little bit. <laughs> Nothing happens in this movie, keep in mind. Nothing happens. It's revealed that um, the most powerful trainer in the world is Mewtwo, and he comes down. It's Mewtwo, and he's invited everyone because he wants their powerful Pokemon to raise his Pokemon army. Who introduces him is this woman who just like is obviously Nurse Joy. She's got like a new getup. But everybody looks at her and like, well, obviously that's fucking the Nurse Joy that everyone is trying to find. Brock is so relentlessly horny. Oh. Like when they're at Old Wharf City, there's like a uh, sign on the wall that's like missing four weeks, Nurse Joy. And it's like, most people who've been missing for four weeks are dead. And Brock says like, ugh, she's so hot. Yeah. I hope they find her because she's hot. Canceled. And then he gets to new island and he's like oh i recognize that hottie from anywhere that's nurse joy so i guess like in a way his sort of like thirstiness is has benefited him because he's like he instantly recognizes nurse joy yeah because he's so horny for her is brock or a character like him still in the new series i'd be curious because like has he been me too'd yet mutued yeah he was mutued for sure he was mutated. <laughs> yeah, Mewtwo is evil. He wants to control all Pokemon. He wants to Noah Ark the entire Earth. He wants to control humans, and then he wants to make clones of all the Pokemon and then replace the normal, the regular Pokemon with the clone Pokemon. Because he's convinced that clone Pokemon are super powered. Yeah. He wants to kill all humans. Yeah. He's going to flood the Earth with his massive storm. Except for New Island. And only his clones survive. That's right. Yeah, exactly. That's his plan. Yeah, all right. But, like, Pikachu's like, well, what about... What Pikachu says is, Pika, P, Pika, P, Pika, P. (laughs) What Mewtwo understands is, what about us? We're Pokemon. And what Mewtwo says in response to that is, yeah, but you're Pokemon who, like, associate with humans, so you're filth. Right. So you get drowned. Some kind of a metaphor there, but we're not going to figure it out. Meanwhile, Team Rocket has made their way to New Island. They find this cloning chamber. Meowth accidentally clones itself. Mewtwo and the trainers battle for some reason. Well, Ash does something like saucy, and then like Mewtwo brings out Charizard, Blastoise, and Venusaur, which are clones, and then like they all just get fucking roasted. The Ash's Pokemon. Turns out these clones are. Better. They're, like, definitely better. And then Mewtwo releases these special balls, which capture everything. Yeah, and he's got specialty balls. He's got a whole island to himself. Where is he getting all this financing, by the way? We know from Nurse Joy that he can brainwash people, so he's probably, like, brainwashing, like, bankers. Oh, he's just robbing banks. Yeah, or, like, VC funders. The Celadon department store. He's on Kickstarter, and he's just, like, massively brainwashing people. Well, Silfco is a bunch of suckers, so certainly he got, like, John Silf brainwashed them. Well, and apparently they have endless money. Yeah. So, yeah, he's got tons of money, and he's got tons of these special Pokeballs that can do anything. They can capture trained and owned Pokemon. They can capture Pokeballs with Pokemon in it, because at some point, everyone at the island's Pokemon are getting gobbled up by these balls. And Ash is like, well, they can't catch my Pokemon if they're in Pokeballs. Yeah. Wrong. They can't. They just snap those up, too. The one Pokemon they can't catch is Pikachu because he runs away. And it turns out that that was the trick all along. 
Except when they do catch it, because it keeps trying to zap the balls out of the air and runs out of juice. Yeah. Ash jumps down a hole, finds himself in the cloning facility, fights a bunch of little arms. And that's where Jesse and James and Meowth are, and they're doing their own, like, who's that Pokemon, watching all the uh, Pokemon get converted to clones, which I thought was kind of meta and cute. Who's that Pokemon? It's Pikachu! I read an interesting tidbit about this. Yeah. So they're looking at a screen and they're seeing Pokemon silhouettes come up and they're playing Who's That Pokemon? And they get several wrong. <laughs> yeah. Did you notice Wait, this? I didn't notice that. Might not be in the version we watched. I read like a little like interesting bit of trivia where it's just like... Oh, they must have cleaned that up. Yeah. They get the names wrong of a few of them. And apparently it was a translation error when the movie was coming out of Japanese into English. And instead of fixing it, they're like, well, honestly, Jesse and James would probably fuck it up. That's true. They're not very good at Pokemon. Let's just keep it the way it is. And they kept it that way. Like, they called, like, Scyther, like, Bug Hands or whatever, you know, like. Bug Hands. The same as, like, when Donkey Kong was coming to the U.S. and it's supposed to be Monkey Kong, obviously. And then it gets mistranslated and it's Donkey Kong. And then everyone's like, it's too late. We put in all the packages. So, like, Ash goes back up to the main level with Pikachu and all the, like, Pokemon that he released that were being cloned. Yeah. And he's like, we're here. Try and stop us. Yeah, it's got this giant, like, battlefield gym that Mewtwo has, and he just shows up. Yeah, he's got a battlefield. They fight. It's so dumb. God, this movie's so bad. It's so dumb. You get no real battle in this whole fucking thing. It's the first movie. And they don't give you, like, a real gym battle. They just give you a bunch of Pokemon that, like, Mewtwo decided he's just taking away all their abilities. And he's like, we're going to settle this with, like, fisticuffs, which doesn't make any sense. Like, they all have to just punch each other and scratch each other. And it's also visually very boring because it's, like, Ash in the foreground. And in the background is, like, a looped animation of, like, three frames of, like, Nido Queen, like, fighting another Nido queen it always looks laggy did you notice that yeah they couldn't be bothered to like up the budget to do like smooth framed like animation where it's basically kind of like a flip book it sucks and there's this whole there's this music playing <laughs> under it by soul asylum or whoever the uh blessed union of souls brother my brother sad song when all the pokemon are just like slapping each other slowly Beating the shit out of each other <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh yeah and Team Rocket goes, I think James is like, I was prepared for trouble, but not like this. <laughs> brother, my brother, tell me what are we fighting for? We got to end this war. The movie gets so confusing at this point because two Pokemon are holding out from battling. And it's Meowth and Meowth's clone yeah. decide not to battle. I think because they're, like, slightly more intelligent than the other Pokemon. Yeah, because Meowth, the normal one, can speak to the other one, which had a very cute sound. They decide not to fight. And then the other Pokemon who decides not to fight is Ash's Pikachu, who's fighting Clone Pikachu. But Clone Pikachu is interested in fighting, sort of, because Clone Pikachu is just holding regular Pikachu and just slapping it (laughs) over and over again. Pee, pee, pee. Yeah, just like gentle little slaps. And Ash's Pikachu is just like taking it. And here's where the message of the music, the movie gets confusing, Josh. Yeah. 
Everyone decides that peak that Pokemon battling is wrong. Yeah, yeah. This just proves that fighting is wrong. But but it's like, so the normal fighting that they're doing constantly is fine. Because <laughs> that's this, guys. That's this. That's what they're doing. Yeah, it's just because they're punching and slapping each other. That's not fine. But like ice beaming and like thunderbolting each other is fine. While this is all happening, Mew decides to to rear its cutie head, yeah, its sweetie head, Mew. and it starts fighting Mewtwo. And their fight kind of goes wild. They're like out of the arena. They're bebopping all over the the island. And while everyone is kind of realizing that battling is dumb and settling down, even the clones, Mew and Mewtwo burst back into the room. And they're both preparing their ultimate attacks. Oh, yeah. And they're just about to, like, shoot off on one another. It's like Psybeam, I feel like. Or, like, Shadow Ball. It's, sh- it's Shadow, Shadow Ball. ball. And, yeah. and right as they're about to blast one another, Ash jumps in the middle and turns to <laughs> metal. He's like, we can't fight like this. Like we gotta do. I gotta do something. And then he just jumps into the middle of the psybeam and the shadow ball. And then yeah, he just gets turned into fucking stone. He gets like turned into stone or metal or something. Doesn't make any sense. And Pikachu starts like trying to zap him back to life. Oh, which jumping back for a wouldn't second wouldn't even affect him. If he's stone. That weird witch Miranda earlier in the movie talking about the eternal storm is like. The only thing that can cure humans when they get caught in the eternal storm is Pokemon tears. It's like, that's weird. Oh, shit, man. I missed that line because I thought it was totally inexplicable. No, she says that. And at the time, it's just like, what? What are you fucking talking about? Stupid as hell. So Ash is frozen. He's like petrified. Pikachu's crying and trying to bring him (laughs) back to life. And all the Pokemon in the room, including the clones, begin crying. Except their tears don't flow, they kind of float. Yeah. And they float over to Ash. And it's like, movie? Hey, movie. <laughs> you set me up for this earlier when the witch was like, Pokemon tears can cure humanity. But it's still fucking weird. Yeah. It still makes absolutely no sense. And that prophecy is not part of any of the games. It's never referenced previously. You just made that up. Yeah. What is this? It's an obvious non sequitur. And it's dumb, too. And it's the most obvious thing to do. It's like, oh, tears? Yeah. It sucks, but it works. Oh, man. It was bad. Ash comes back to life. I did, as a kid, though, let me tell you, I bawled my little eyes out. Did you? Yeah, I imagine. Well, of course. Ash comes back to life. Mewtwo says this. <laughs> a human sacrificed himself to save the world. I pitted them against each other, but not until they set aside their differences did I see the true power they all share deep inside. I see now that the circumstances of one's <coughs> I see now that the circumstances of one's birth are irrelevant. It's what you do with the gift of life that determines who you are. Circumstances of one's burp. <laughs> That's good. He decides to not be evil anymore, and he decides to make amends with Mew, and he decides that he and his clone Pokemon will live their lives. He has a lifetime of abuse, and then, like, his best friend got killed. Everyone he's ever known that he loved and trusted has been killed. And this one act, he's like, oh, okay. 
I'm good now. It's fine. Yeah, and he decides to wipe everyone's memory and or send them back in time, and they wake up on Old Shore Wharf, and it's the storm is brewing, and they're like, you can't go out in the storm, except maybe it's clearing up. And then Nurse Joy is back, and she's like, everyone can take shelter in the Pokemon Center if they want. Brock makes one last misogynistic comment. Nurse Joy and Officer Jenny are really great. They just keep getting more beautiful every time I see them. It's like, cool it, bud. Like Mewtwo, how about you reset the part of a Brock's brain where he just objectifies women? (laughs) (laughs) And then the storm does clear up, and they all walk outside, and Ash sees something in the, the far distance. And what is it? Mew. And he says something about, like, seeing a legendary Pokemon when he was leaving Pallet Town to start his adventure? Yeah. What is he fucking talking oh, about? Oh, wait. This is great. This loops all the way back to the beginning of the episode. So in the pilot of the Pokemon anime, Ash sees this, like, glorious kind of bird flying around in the sky. Oh, was it like Zapdos? No, it's Ho-Oh. It's Ho-Oh. Ho-Oh? Yeah. Ho-Oh didn't even exist back then. They knew because the anime came out after they were already making Gold and Silver. So they were pretty smart about this shit. Ho-Oh was there at the very beginning Ho-ho. of it all. Oh-Oh. Oh-Oh. Sorry. Oh-Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so Mew is parallel to the Ho-Oh that Ash sees at the beginning of the adventure. Oh, I should also say this. There's one Gen 2 Pokemon in this game, and it's Togepi. No, there's two. The pirate in the beginning has a Don Fan. Oh. Don Fanner. Really? I missed that. Yeah. They were teasing it a little bit. Yeah, Misty apparently has a Togepi. Yeah, I remember the Togepi reveal in the anime series being like a big deal. Okay. Posting on all the hyperboards about that. Well, I had a Togepi for a while, and it's pretty shitty. So good luck, Misty. R.I.P. Gilgamesh. It's a fucking shitty-ass Pokemon. Rest in box. R.I.P. Rest in box. I think that's it. Review. I would share my review with Peter Bradshaw from The Guardian on uh, Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, I would love to hear what The Guardian had to say about Pokemon, the first movie. Peter Bradshaw said... This film is humorless, boring, impenetrable, and with animation of such staggeringly low quality that it constitutes an insult to cinema goers of all ages. Yeah. I agree. It just occurred to me that you and I know a... um, Film critic? We know a film critic who happens to be a huge Pokemon fan. Is his name David Sims from The Atlantic? His name is David Sims, and he's the film critic at The Atlantic... I'm curious to hear what his review of this film is. Yeah, me too. All right, uh, David Sims here, uh, Blank Check host, The Atlantic, film critic extraordinaire. Just wanted to weigh in on Pokemon the first movie or Pokemon Mewtwo Strikes Back, you know, if you fancy. Very profound cinema experience for me. I remember to this day going to see it. I was sitting at the Holloway Odeon with my friends, my little 11-year-old friends, pumped up about, you know, seeing Pikachu do some cool new move. You know, I was 11 years old. I was the most devoted Pokemon fan. I was the most devoted movie fan. My favorite two things were colliding into one exquisite, what, 83-minute experience. And so that was very exciting. Dramatically, I will say, it's maybe a little tidy at points. 
for example. I remember that uh, the entire plot of the movie is just Pokemon fighting and beating the absolute shit out of each other until they basically collapse on the ground. And then the moral of the story is that, that we shouldn't fight so much, I guess, or they learn to not fight through all the fighting. Not sure if I remember anything else. I guess uh, don't, you know, create super-powered Pokemon, right? There's sort of a message of, uh, you know, cloning is bad, things like that. So, you know, whatever, whatever. Like, it ain't Shakespeare. But uh, anyway, it's cinema. And hey, it's the best one, I think. We agree with exactly what Davidson's had to say about this film. Yeah. <laughs> I loved what he had to say, and I definitely heard it and enjoyed it. Josh, that's it. That's the very brief leg of Pokemon Gold and Silver that we played this week, and then the entirety of Pokemon, the first movie, which we watched this week to supplement our narrative adventures. Do you have anything to say to me? I guess I would recommend everyone check out the soundtrack to Pokemon, the first movie, colon, Mewtwo Strikes Back. Pokemon, colon, the first movie. It's funny, because you said Pokemon, the first movie. And I thought that was funny, and I was like, that's funny. And then you corrected yourself and still again said Pokemon the first movie. <laughs> Mewtwo always on the mind. So you're really you're really honed in. Anyway, my name has been Don Fanner, aka Tanner Greenring, and I am joined as always by my co host Joe jo- jo- Johosh Hojosh Hoash aka Josh Fjallstad, this has been Experience Share, a Pokemon podcast. This week we took on Olivine City. Next week we are taking on a gym. We are going to Mahogany Town. Mahogany Town and Rage Lake. Lake of Rage. Lake of Rage. Gods, finally some fucking action. Until then, please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. Do whatever you do to interact with the show on Spotify and Stitcher and wherever. I don't know. We're not here to answer those questions. I'm not I'm not privy to that stuff. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at expsharepod. See you next week, Joshua, and I'll see you next week, Bug Catchers. Smell you later. Smell you later. Thank <laughs> you.